Simon Usherwood, the UK in a changing Europe. Hello, Simon. Good morning to you. Good morning. I mean, we were told pretty staunchly, weren't we, fairly vehemently by Jeremy Corbyn, that fundamentally and empirically and spiritually and in every other way, he was opposed to another referendum. Now he's in favour. What's going on there? Well, it is a real shift for him. And uh, I think uh, people might well be uh, dubious about his intentions. I think, you know, it's one thing to say that they would support uh, an amendment. It's another thing to get that actually passed. And and you might feel, and a lot of people do feel, that this is actually a way of trying to staunch the the number of MPs who might move to to join the independent group uh, that formed last week. Uh, And it's done for that reason rather than because he's had a, a sincere change of heart at this point. Yes. So, so, so then you wonder, well, how, is, how are people listening, watching, or people who are so bored they'd rather neither listen nor watch but feel they have no choice? What are they to think? Because, you know, is this kind of opportunism at its, at its most kind of flagrant? You know, when, when, when the person purporting to espouse a theory quite obviously doesn't believe in it or support it. And how do we know that? Because they've told us that they don't. Well, I I think it's clear that the Labour Party's always had this uh, internal uh, tension or perhaps fights might be a closer word uh, between people. There are people who sincerely want another referendum in the Labour Party who don't want to leave, who have different views from the leadership. And, you know, it might be that this is a a reflection of the changing balance of power within the party. You know, and parties and politics always shift that the... The opportunities uh, move over time. The needs move over time. You know, and the situation keeps on changing. So, yes, there is a, an issue about people changing their mind. But if nobody changed their mind on anything, we, we'd never get anywhere. <laughs> we never get anywhere. But the question <laughs> is, anyway, where but... are we going? And are we go- <laughs> when are we going? I mean, when- yesterday it was all about when, because it was all about how long will the delay be if there's a delay? Two weeks, two hours, two months, two years, 200 years. What do we know? We don't know. Nobody knows. That was yesterday. And today is, do we want a second referendum? No, 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 says Jeremy Corbyn. Oh, yes, yes, says Jeremy Corbyn. What? I mean, it's hardly surprising people's heads are spinning like tops and our eyes are popping out of our skulls, is it? Exactly. And I think this is really a reflection of, of where politics in Westminster is these days, that everyone looks like they're weak. Everyone, you know, everyone's got a, a, an excellent idea that they think can can advance and not recognising that, that they're not in a position to, to do it. So everyone still thinks that they've got uh, a, an opportunity to get their ideas uh, on the table um, and nobody's backing down. And in politics, compromise doesn't necessarily have a, a good name, but it's going to be what's necessary if you're going to build something that looks like a stable majority. And ever since uh, this deal, this withdrawal agreement was signed back in November, it's been clear that there isn't a majority for any of these ideas at the moment. Um, And so people are trying and probing to see if they can find ways forward, because you can't not uh, resolve this, you know, that there has to be some kind of way out. Um, And the fight really is to decide which of the the, the, uh, problematic ways out we take. 
Yes. Now, Jeremy Corbyn wants his amendment to be ratified or approved or embraced enthusiastically or embroidered on a T-shirt. You can choose one of the above. Um, what is his amendment? What What does he want? Um, because he only fancies a second referendum if what he wants in the first place doesn't get through. So so, so just, just kind of fill us in on his perspective on things at the moment, or as, insofar as we're able to, to fathom it. Well, I, this has been one of the even more imponderable imponderables of Brexit is what is Labour's policy on Brexit. Mm. I think his his key priority still remains that he would like a general election uh, because he thinks that that is the, the, the uh, ultimate objective in all of this. But if he can't get that, policy has has always, uh, has long been for the party that they would support another referendum. Now, uh, at the moment, it's not clear quite what the vehicle for that would be. The Labour Party could put forward an amendment uh, tomorrow uh, on uh, a motion. Um, uh, but if they do that, then they're going to struggle to get people from uh, across the aisle to support that. So uh, what would have a better chance of success is if uh, a more cross-party amendment could be put together uh, by backbenchers, and then that might leave more opportunity for uh, rebel uh, Tories uh, to sign up and, and give it a bit more of a fighting chance. But we have to remember that a couple of weeks ago when we had a, a vote about uh, delaying uh, Brexit, we had uh, over 20 Labour MPs uh, voting against even that step, let alone something much more radical such as a referendum. So uh, part of the calculation uh, from Jeremy Corbyn might be that this is um, something that will satisfy his remaining colleagues uh, but will uh, not succeed because of his leaving colleagues um, and that this is really about trying to, to demonstrate uh, a degree of good faith even if it's not necessarily done in, in completely good faith. And, and, and this, this insistence on staying in the customs union, for people who've managed somehow to get this far without really knowing what that means, why is Jeremy Corbyn so keen on that? Well, he thinks that it's uh, a way of reducing the impact on uh, businesses. Uh, he talks a lot about uh, a jobs-first uh, Brexit. Uh, and what we know from all the, the economic modelling is that any uh, kind of uh, Brexit is likely to have a negative economic impact. So the more you can retain of the, the economic integration, and the customs union is a, a key part of that, because that's what puts uh, tariffs and uh, duties on goods moving across borders, that, that reduces is the, the impact. It also has a, uh, removes one of the, the, the elements of uh, the backstop arrangements because uh, uh, that would require a hard border in, in uh, Northern Ireland. So uh, for him, uh, he sees that as a way of uh, speaking towards values of uh, looking out for uh, the, the worker on the street or in the, the factory uh, in a way that he thinks the, the Tories haven't really considered. And, and so what, what do you imagine, I know I'm asking you, I, mean, I love it when you said the imponderable of all imponderables, and this is really the unfathomable of all unfathomables, but, but let me ask you anyway, let's pretend you're Mystic Meg, and you, you know, after all, this is what you do, it is your fault that you're Deputy Director of the UK and you're changing Europe, you chose to do this. You could have been a bus conductor and done something much more fun, you could have been flying hot air balloons, you're the one that chose to immerse yourself in Brexit, so why do I have to apologise to you for all of this? Um, what the heck is going to happen next, do you think? What, when and how? Give us your... Give is your vision? I think that the next two to three weeks are going to be uh, really crucial in this. The, the, the government uh, and parliament have to make some choices and uh, they're going to have to choose to do one of uh, a number of really unlikely things. Either they're going to have to go with uh, Theresa May's withdrawal agreement 
uh, or they're going to have to go for something like a, a, a referendum, or they're going to have to go for a no-deal Brexit. Now, uh, at the moment, I think still the thing that looks most likely ultimately for me is uh, some kind of compromise that allows Parliament to accept the withdrawal agreement, and not because they'll suddenly decide that it's the bestest thing ever, but because there isn't a, a clear alternative plan out there. Um, and uh, for the long uh, history of uh, British uh, European policy. It's always been about sort of stumbling from one crisis to another and, you know, kind of firefighting and uh, rather than sort of having a strategic view. And I, I think we're still very much in that territory. So somehow, and don't ask me how, I, I think that's still the most likely outcome, but it will be very hard fought and a, a lot of people are going to have some very difficult uh, moments uh, in the, the coming weeks. Uh, Simon, thank you very much indeed.